الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فإن الجنة هي المأوى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المجاهد من جاهد نفسه في طاعة الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسفكتد علماء الكرام برذز النلز our abode where we came from was jannat adam alayhi salam was in jannat so that is our abode but in the plan of things that allah taala has planned out insan was made to come into dunya this was part of the design of this universe that insan will come through this phase of test but then those who pass this test then their abode again is jannat so this is where we were but currently we are in this passing phase and inshallah we are headed to the same abode that we came from but in order to get there safely allah taala has given us the prescription of how we can reach this abode without difficulty anything in dunya there is a procedure anything a person wishes to achieve anything he wishes to acquire there is a procedure for it anything he wishes to do no matter how simple it will be outwardly but if that is done without the procedure then the end result will not be what is required what is desired person even cannot make one roti also properly if he doesn't follow the procedure cannot make one cup of tea correctly if he doesn't follow the procedure so anything in dunya is done according to its procedure then the correct end result is achieved so if something so simple so minute so mundane so insignificant and so trivial like the issues of dunya that too cannot be attained without the correct procedure then the everlasting bounties of jannat the bounties of akhirat and that everlasting pleasure of allah tabaraka wa taala that a person wishes to acquire without any procedures without following any system without following what the requirements are then that is wishful thinking that is as one poet says in persian e khiyalas to mahalas to junu this is just wishful thinking it is a kind of insanity like a person now he's dreaming that he's bec- now he's just sitting and doing nothing in life but he's dreaming of becoming the king so somebody who comes to know that these are his wishes he's sitting and dreaming about this the whole day and night that soon i'm going to be made the king so they will say something is wrong with him so allah tabaraka wa taala has prepared a kingdom for every mu'min a kingdom in jannat but to acquire it there is a procedure and that entire procedure has been summarized in this ayat of the quran sharif that a person who wishes to get to the abode of jannat 
then there are two essential ingredients, two, two essential requirements. If he acquires these two requirements, he fulfills these two requirements, then inshallah that destination is where he will reach safely inshallah. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ That the one who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, that fear is in front of him all the time. And out of that fear, وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ He restrains his nafs from its base desires. Then the the result of this is فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ Then Jannat is his abode. And there is nothing between him and Jannat. Like a person wishes to cross over. So there is a bridge. If he gets onto that bridge, then there is nothing that is going to now hold him back. He is walking on the right bridge. He will finish off at the end point. He will cross the, ro- the river. He will cross whatever is in between. And he will reach his destination. Allah Ta'ala says this is the two basic requirements. That a person has the fear of Allah Ta'ala and out of this fear of Allah Ta'ala, the fear of standing on the day of Qiyamah and giving an account of one's deeds and that makes him restrain himself from his base desires. So this sounds like hardly anything in it but everything in it. Outwardly there's two things, but in these two things is everything. That a person who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala, he will be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. A person who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala, this will save him from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And take this out of the equation, then a person does what he wants. Then there's nothing to stop him, nothing to restrain him. So this is the prescription that this nafs has to be restrained and this nafs in the hadith sharif Nabi Salaam says that this jihad against the nafs the striving against this nafs this is such a great amal that Nabi Salaam says that this is the real mujahid Al-Mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah That the true Mujahid, the true warrior in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is the one who fights his nafs. Man jahada nafsa. Who struggles against his nafs in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The nafs is like a wild animal. This nafs is like a wild animal. But there are many wild animals. If it is trained, then that same wild animal becomes an aid and an assistance to the person. A dog is an animal which is najis. And if it is just a wild dog running around somewhere, then it is very dangerous to come into contact with that dog. But in time if that dog is trained, it is restrained, it is nurtured, and it becomes a hunting dog, then that same dog which was at one stage totally a nuisance, it was totally something that was a source of danger and harm, now it becomes his aid and assistance. He recites Bismillah 
and releases that hunting dog. And that hunting dog pounces on the prey, but does not eat from it. And it subdues the prey, and if that prey died, but he didn't eat out of it. But when he released it, he released it with Bismillah. Now this is specifically a trained hunting dog. There are a whole lot of conditions of what will qualify it to be a trained hunting dog. So in any case, when it has qualified for this, it has become a trained hunting dog. Now it will capture prey for it and bring it food. At one time, it was very dangerous to be in contact with this animal. Now that it has been restrained, it has been trained, it now has become his helper. But that didn't happen overnight. There was a whole process. And repeatedly it had to be trained. At least on three occasions, before it will qualify, at least on three occasions, it must attack the prey and not eat out of it. In other words, it has understood the command of the person that is releasing it. That he has commanded that now it must chase the prey. Whichever manner he will command it, it has learned, it, learned the, the indication. When it is given that command, it has understood it. And then it drops the prey and it doesn't eat from it. So after the training once, but then still is not halal. That prey is not halal yet. Because this has not yet qualified as a hunting dog. Then the second time, and three times consecutively when this happens over three occasions, after all the training and now this three successive occasions it didn't eat out of the animal, it has now qualified as a hunting dog. The Quran Sharif says that this dog now, that prey that it will catch after it has been released with Bismillah, that prey is halal. Even though by the time the person reached it, it died. So what a lesson this is, that that dog has now become such a great helper. This nafs also is like a wild animal. And this nafs is what Allah Ta'ala gives its description in the Quran Sharif that initially this nafs is That this nafs excessively commands a person with evil. Anything and everything, it just keeps inciting. Do this, look here, speak this, just blurt out this and just listen to that, anything and everything wrong. And it will just keep inciting and just keep trying to take a person to his destruction. And even come the month of Ramadan, when the shayateen have now been chained. إِذَا جَاءَ رَمَضَانِ فُتِّحَتْ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ وَصُفِّدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينِ Nabi Islam says the month of Ramadan comes, then the doors of Jannah have been thrown wide open. And the doors of Jahannam have been closed and shut. And even the shayateen have been chained. To make it conducive for this servant of Allah Ta'ala to truly turn to Allah Ta'ala. But yet, we find that there is a set, though Alhamdulillah things dramatically improve in the month of Ramadan. The masajid are full. People are more inclined towards Allah Ta'ala, making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this dua taking place. People are engaging in tasbihat, in other deeny work. So there is this enthusiasm for deen which is not 
to that extent outside Ramadan. So that Alhamdulillah is one very great thing that is evident. But together with that one still notices that there is a degree of vice still carrying on. That yet despite being such a Mubarak time, such an auspicious time, and with the shayateen being chained, but there is many a person who is still not interested. How can this be now? The shayateen have been chained. So the shayateen which are chained, but for the 11 months of the year they have nurtured that nafs to such a point, that after the shayateen are chained, they, as they are going to be chained, it's so to say, that they tell the nafs you can carry on. I won't be around for the month, but you already know what to do. You are already well trained. So now that nafs continues without the aid of shaitan being, pro- being there to prompt him and take the person and entice him, nafs is doing his job on his own now. So this nafs is like that wild, wild animal. But when a person nurtures it, when he trains it, when he keeps restraining it, then from this state of being a wild animal which was very dangerous for him, very harmful to him, in time when he keeps training it, now like that wild dog, first it was wild, it was untrained, but it had to be repeatedly restrained and trained, and the training is not an easy task, it's a process, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of effort, there's a lot of thinking put into it, there's a lot of work and hard effort and sweat that, is, that goes into it, eventually it qualifies as that hunting dog. So likewise, a person puts in this effort to subdue this nafs. And over and over again, restraining it, when the nafs is trying to hold him back from what he's supposed to do, he is fighting it, the nafs is now preventing him from waking up for Fajr Salah. So now he doesn't give in to that. Like a person who is trying to stop him from his benefit. A person is standing outside his shop and holding him back. You don't enter the shop. Person needs to wake up to go to work. It is time for him to go to work. To go and open his business. And somebody is holding him down on his bed. You just stay here. You don't go work today. You relax. You don't take the trouble of going. It's such a hot day. And today is going to be very, very hot. Why are you going to go and suffer in the heat? You just relax. So at that time, what is the person's reaction? Might be his own wife, it might be his children that are forcing him, you stay in bed now. You don't go anywhere. Leave the shop today. So he'll become very upset about this. How dare you come in the way? I need to go. I have to go. Because he understands that this is something that is of benefit for him and nobody must come in the way of this. So likewise, when a person has understood that this nafs is depriving him of great amal, of the bounties from Allah Taala, of fulfilling his obligations to Allah Taala, then he won't allow anything to come between. He'll fight it down. Like he'll fight people away. Just stay out of my way now. I'm going to work now. I'm going to open my business now. So he will likewise fight that nafs off. So when he keeps fighting it, and he keeps suppressing it, and keeps subduing it, that nafs is tempting him, Look at this, look at this haram. Listen to this haram. Or just blurt out anything haram. But at that time he subdues that nafs. There's a pressure. But he is ready to undertake that pressure, but not prepared to give in to the nafs. So in time, this is the training of that wild animal. And in time it becomes 
that nafs which the Quran Sharif now elevates it. La uqsimu biyawmil qiyamah wa la uqsimu bin nafsil lawama. That Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on the reproaching nafs. First it was just the nafsi ammara. Inna nafsa la ammaratum bisu. It is not worthy of being given any kind of consideration. But already on this first level of graduation, Allah Ta'ala already takes a qasam on it. وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالنَّفْسِ اللَّوَّامَ Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam, Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to take a qasam on anything. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلَ Who is more truthful than Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala takes qasam on things for various other reasons. One of the reasons is to highlight the significance and importance of something. So here Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam on this nafsi lawwama, on the reproaching nafs. But how it became a reproaching nafs like that hunting dog. There was a lot of work behind it. And it had to be released on that animal several times. And it still fulfills the requirements. Doesn't eat out of it. Now it has qualified. Now it has become a kalbe mu'allam. It has become a trained dog. Now you'll find whole chapters in the kitabs of fiqh dealing with the trained dog. On the one side there are those masail. If the dog puts its mouth in the water, then that water is najis, throw it away. Even that utensil has to be washed. But at the same time, when the dog got trained, it became such an aid, that there are whole chapters now dealing with the ahkam and the masail pertaining to the trained dog. And while on the one side, Nabi Islam says, that the angels don't enter a home wherein there's a dog or pictures, pictures of animate objects. Angels don't enter that house. So yes, any dog is not allowed inside the house. And any dog is not allowed as a pet. But when a dog has become a trained dog, for guarding purposes, for hunting purposes, now that has become an exception. That now that this has graduated out of that wild nature to something beyond that, now it is an exception. It may be kept for the guarding purposes, it may be kept for the purposes of hunting. So what, what brought it to that? That effort behind it, that training. So likewise this nafs initially is this wild dog. It just takes a person to his destruction. And it just keeps inciting towards evil. But when he trains it, it now becomes nafs lawama. It now rebukes him. It reproaches him. Now he's thinking of doing something wrong and that nafs now reproaches him that how can you ever do such a thing? Don't you know that this is wrong? This is haram? You want to put everything down the drain? All the efforts you made in Ramadan, you just want to wash it away? Or don't you know that this is such a Mubarak time and day is Jumu'ah? Now on the day of Jumu'ah you want to do all this? Now that nafs which was initially inciting is now reproaching. So this is a very great step forward. And then in time it becomes Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna Irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam mardiyya The peaceful nafs That nafs which has become totally at peace with Allah Ta'ala Become at peace with Allah Ta'ala This is where one's nature Shariat becomes one's nature Over time As he continues suppressing the wrong of this desires of this nafs, 
does not give in to the temptations, in time, the shariat becomes the nature of a person. Like at the time when a person is hungry, nobody has to give him one long bayan. That you see, if you are hungry, what you'll have to do is, you'll have to eat. And if you eat, then this is how you must go about eating. You'll have to take the food and put it in your mouth. And you'll have to chew it also. And after chewing it, then you must swallow it. Nobody has to give any bayan. Without any encouragement, he is drawn to food. He's thirsty. Nobody has to encourage him to drink water. He asks for the water. And if somebody does not give him water, he'll go and look for it somewhere. He'll try and find it somewhere. So, that is the nature of a person. When he's hungry, he's drawn towards food. When he's thirsty, he's drawn towards water. The shariat becomes his nature. When it is salah time, it is not possible for him to go in any other direction. He is drawn to the masjid like he is drawn towards water in the time of severe thirst. He is drawn towards fulfilling whatever the obligations of deen are. And like it is within the nature of every person. That if he is walking and there is some filth, some dirt, then he takes a wide turn away from it. Likewise, if there is any filth of a spiritual nature, something that is going to filthy his heart, he goes very far away from it. That becomes his nature naturally. And a person is walking now, he's walking on some road and he didn't realize there was some filth, some mess and in the last moment he just missed it and just bypassed it. He didn't realize it was there and he bypassed it. As soon as he bypassed it and he realized what I missed, he feels so relieved. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala saved me. If I stepped on this, what would be my condition? He feels such a relief that he did not fall into it. Likewise, when a person will get saved from some haram, he won't feel some sorrow in him. That I lost out. That he didn't go to some haram place, everybody else was going. You won't feel any kind of sense of loss or sense of deprivation. That I got deprived. Everybody else seems to be enjoying themselves. He'll feel elated within himself. Alhamdulillah. Allahumma laka alhamdulillah shukr. Allah ta'ala saved me. I could have been in that fire. He'll see it fire. From outside it might seem whatever it is, but he'll see the reality of it. But that will come when now over time he has made this effort against this nafs. So this is what is mentioned in this Hadith Sharif and Nabi Islam says, Al-Mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah. That the true Mujahid is the one who suppresses his nafs and struggles against his nafs in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah might explain that there are three things involved in this Mujahada against the nafs. Three essential things. Everything else falls within these three things. And a person acquires these three things, then inshallah he will acquire the suppressing of this nafs. Then that Mujahada against the nafs will become very easy. So the three things, the first thing is, correct ilm. This is the prerequisite to be able to wage this Mujahada against the nafs correctly. The correct ilm. Without the correct knowledge, a person cannot get anywhere. And if he has incorrect knowledge, that will become even more dangerous. It may take him into something totally in the opposite direction and he'll think he's doing something good. And as we repeatedly keep discussing this, every now and again, there's something or the other new comes up. And there's distortions of very, very subtle kind. 
And if a person doesn't know the reality, he gets just carried away with the way things are being expressed in a very eloquent way, very, very nicely articulated, very eloquently expressed. Now in that eloquent expression, person just gets carried away. But it is not the eloquent expression that is going to be of any benefit if the content is against what Allah Ta'ala is, has commanded. If the content is against the Quran and Sunnah. So one is the correct ilm. The person has the right knowledge. The knowledge of the Masail. Obviously he's going to perform Salah. If he doesn't even know the Masail of Salah, how is he going to perform Salah? And in order to perform the Salah correctly, he needs to know the Masail of Taharat. Because the Taharat is the key to the Salah. So now in all other aspects as well, the Masail. So whether it is in terms of the Aqaid, the correct beliefs, the Masail of the Ibadat, the laws pertaining to monetary dealings, Mu'amalat, because that is going to affect his Ibadat. A person, mashallah, has learned the Masail of Salah correctly, properly, he learned it very well, he's performing all his Salah correctly, all the postures are being performed well. But he hasn't learned the Masail of his monetary dealings. He had forbidden anybody from trading in the market of Medina unless he had learned the Masail of his trade. If somebody was selling some item, then he must know the Masail pertaining to that. Somebody was trading, was, was doing some service, providing some service, some skill, he must know the Masail pertaining to that. Somebody was involved in some hiring, some leasing, whatever the case is, if he hadn't learned the Masail of that, he was not permitted to do it. Umar Ilano had enforced this. Because now the person has learned the Masail of Salah very well, but the Masail of dealing he is not conscious of. So as a result, he is dealing incorrectly. Now his income is incorrect. Not that he's deliberately taking haram, but he's become he's getting haram. Like the very common thing that we repeatedly keep bringing up, and this every other day this is something comes up. That this kind of transactions are so common that a person is investing in somebody's business, he says he's investing. That's the word now. I invested hundred thousand and I'm gonna get ten percent. 10% for the year or whatever the case is. Now he's getting 10% of what? So 10% what you bought. So he says, no, I invested. What you bought? No, I, I don't know what I bought. I didn't buy anything. How many percent of the business you bought? Are you now a 10% owner of the business? If this business is wound down, if it is liquidated, you'll take 10% of the, whatever the proceedings are, whatever the, after it's liquidated, the cash, etc. comes in, 10% you'll get. Says, no, I won't get anything. I'll only get back what I invested. So by you only gave a loan and you're getting interest. Now the name of investment and the name of profit doesn't change the reality. This is something which Nabi Islam foretold. That a time will come when people will change the names of haram and consume it. The name will be changed and people will indulge in it. So now the person's monetary dealings were not right. Now he's performing his salah excellently. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says that a person's dua, just his dua, let alone his salah, 
person is making dua very earnestly, heartfelt dua, from the depth of his heart, and he's in a very pitiable condition also. He's come from a long journey, dust laden, disheveled, and anybody sees him from a mile, they'll feel sorry for him. And now he's making dua, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. But Nabi Salaam says, Wa matamuhu haram, wa mashrabuhu haram, wa malbasuhu haram, wa ghudiyabil haram, fa'anna yustajabu li dhalik. That his food was haram, his drink was haram, his clothing is haram, he was nourished from haram, where his dua is going to be accepted? So if his dua is not going to be accepted, where his salah is going to be accepted? Where is his hajj going to be accepted? Where all the other ibadat will be accepted? Just few days ago, when one person discussed something similar, so thereafter he says, well, somebody mentioned to a person in his family, that I have performed so many umrahs, and whole over a dozen. Say, mashallah, you go very often. Says, yes, well, I put the money now in the bank, and I'm getting so much every month, and now that can go every now and then. Two, three times a year we can go. Now the person is so happy about themselves, they're going for umrah so many times. With what? With pure interest. Pure is a word, the word itself, it's an insult to the word pure to use it here on this occasion. Total interest. And the person is quite comfortable about it because of either sheer ignorance, or either not concerned about even learning what is the reality, what is supposed to be known. So, the knowledge, true knowledge, correct knowledge, knowledge of all the aspects that pertain to us, knowledge of our mu'asharat, our social life, what are the rights of others upon us, the rights of our parents, the rights of our spouses, the rights of our children, the rights of our neighbors, the rights of other family members, the rights of people are not fulfilled, then all this perfectly performed salah also will get dished out to them. So this is the Masail. And together with the Masail, Nabi Wasallam didn't only teach the Ummat Masail. <coughs> Nabi Wasallam taught the Masail also, and there are volumes of Fazail also. The virtues of the A'mal. Nabi Wasallam taught volumes of these virtues. So Nabi Wasallam taught them to the Ummat. The Ummat is supposed to be learning them. And this is the driving force when the when the fadail are really understood, when they are taken to heart, this is what drives the person towards those amal. MashaAllah, the talim that takes place in our masajid, daily the talim takes place, the talim should be taking place in our homes as well. But the talim of fadail, by means of this, this motivation is created to be engaging in those amal, to perform the salah, to be doing other righteous actions to be reciting the Qur'an Sharif and all the various other amal of deen. So the correct knowledge, this is the first step and the first prescription and requirement to be able to fulfill this mujahada against the nafs. Al-mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah. So the masail also we have to learn and the fazail also we have to learn. Then the second thing is amal upon that knowledge. A person has acquired the knowledge, but he doesn't make amal upon it. So without amal, nothing is going to be acquired. Knowing the theory, that is not going to be anything that is going to take a person ahead until he practices on it as well. And now in practicing it, 
there is going to be this mujahada already. In trying to practice upon this knowledge, there is going to be this mujahada. And this mujahada is the thing that is the steam that takes this engine towards Allah Ta'ala. One is something that a person becomes accustomed to. For example, he is accustomed to performing his salah, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, it becomes very easy. So now it becomes easy, so there is no mujahada involved. Alhamdulillah, that too is a ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala that it became easy. So now he is performing it without difficulty. On the other side, there is a temptation to commit haram. And now there is a major mujahada involved in that. To suppress that nafs. So this ibadat that he is doing, the nafil ibadat, the whole night of tahajjud he made, that is a very great ibadat. It's a very great ibadat. And there is mujahada involved in that also. But now a person is making this tahajjud every night, one day, one month, one year, then he is now used to it. He can't do without it. But on the other side now he is tempted towards haram and he suppresses that. He does not give in to it. He, al- he allows that heart to break but he doesn't break the command of Allah Ta'ala. That is a mujahada also. That one moment of that mujahada where he allowed his heart to break, as great as this mujahada of that whole night of tahajjud is, that one haram glance that he didn't cast and he allowed his heart to break surpasses the whole night of tahajjud. The noor of this surpasses the noor of this whole night of tahajjud. Now when he continues making this mujahada, already this nafs is coming under control. From that wild animal that it was, now it is coming towards this nafsay lawwama, this reproaching nafs. So this is the second thing that the ulama explained. That one is the correct knowledge. And together with the correct knowledge is this amal. That a person now, whatever he is required to be acting on, he is acting. Acting on doing what he is supposed to do, acting on refraining from what he is supposed to refrain from. And in this is a mujahada which he is undertaking. And then together with that, the third thing that they explain is, ilm, amal, and the conveying of this ilm and amal. Tabligh. That passing this on to others. All these three things are the requisites for this mujahada against the nafs to be complete. For a person to truly fulfill this requirement. To the capacity that he has to convey this to others as well. It will not always be in the same manner. Some way it will be formal. Some way it will be informal. Some way it will be subtle. Some way it will be verbal. Some way it will be with his actions. But he will all the time be concerned about inviting people towards deen, towards Allah Ta'ala. With his words, with his deeds. He will be an example towards deen. His business will be dawat. How he will deal with people, he might not have said one word about anything to do with deen directly. He may not have uttered anything at that time. He was talking business. But how he conducted himself, that already became a dawad. And that opened the door to even some further dawad. That opened the door to inviting a person towards deen itself. And otherwise sometimes the conduct shuts the door in such a way that even if he starts talking, the person doesn't want to listen. He says, if this is what you're talking about, you should be acting upon it first. So, this becomes his 
complete mujahada. His ilm is also correct, and he's acquiring the knowledge, he's making amal upon it, and he's passing it on to others as well. Now this becomes the person, Al-Mujahidu Man Jahada Nafsahu Fi Ta'atillah. And he's the true Mujahid. And this nafs now, from that nafs al-Lawwama, where initially that nafs was now inciting, and it was now taking him towards his destruction, that nafs starts reproaching him. And as he continues going on that, progressing in it, it then comes to that point of, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna. That nafs now, which has become totally at peace with him, with deen, with the sharia, totally at peace with the commands of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And as a result, this nafs is, Irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam Now when the time comes, this person is now to leave this dunya. But he's annihilated this nafs. He's totally annihilated it, made fun of it. This tree, the tree bears excellent fruit. And sometimes that fruit is so excellent it becomes export quality. But what is the start of it? The start of it is the seed. Which seed? That seed which becomes part of the sand. After a while you dig it up, there's no seed left. It has totally annihilated itself into that sand. When it decides to finally totally annihilate itself, that's when the tree finally comes to its height. And after it has annihilated itself, it gives rise to this great benefit that comes. And it benefits itself and others also. But if that seed decides not to bury itself to start over with, I will not bury myself. I will not lower myself. So what will be the end result? It will stay on the surface. It refused to get buried. After a while the moisture will start affecting it. And now it's not buried in the ground. So it will start decaying, rotting. And besides, or rather, forget giving rise to anything good, it will become a source of difficulty for others also. Others will get the odor, somebody by chance will tramp on it and they'll feel so completely disgusted. Now I have to, I messed myself, I have to wipe myself and clean myself. It became a source of difficulty for others also. But that seed which buried itself, it allowed itself to be in the hand of the gardener to be buried. And got buried, it gave rise to all the good. So this is the nafs. And this nafs is such a thing that till it is not, till death a person cannot remain complacent about it. Is nafs se ammara se mutma'inna hona, is nafs se ammara ka koi barosa nahi e zahid, ye farishta bhi ho jaye to usse badguma rehna. Paul says that this nafs, there is no way that you can trust it, even if it becomes an angel, then too you must be suspicious about it. If it becomes an angel also, the least amount of heat it will get somewhere, it will start getting affected. So this is a lifelong battle. After it becomes nafs mutmainna also, it is still something to be maintained. So this is that procedure that Allah has given us, that a person adopts this procedure, A person who has the fear of giving an account to Allah on the day of Qiyamah. When he has this fear, now he will stop the nafs from its base desires. And then that abode where he came from, Jannat is his destination and abode. Allah give us all the tawfiq that we make this true mujahada against the nafs. We don't allow the nafs to take us to our destruction. Rather we subdue it 
and become the true servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله 
mustamirra daima. Allah remove every trace of their illness, ya Allah. All those in any difficulties and hardships, remove with afiyat, ya Allah. Allahul alamin, ya Allah. All those who have passed away, fill their qabrs with nur, ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah take us on iman kamil, take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Allah make our qabrs gardens of jannah, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, the ishtima to take place, ya Allah, accept it, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat for one and all, ya Allah. Allah make all the intizam easy as well, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, make it a means of the hearts turning towards you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us safety from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all the good that Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good. Whatever Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sought refuge from, ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-alihi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi jma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil